You're listening to Strong Woman Radio, a sanctuary free of testosterone, save for a few special guests, where ladies who like to lift heavy things can chit-chat about the struggles and success that comes with being a woman in a man-dominated sport. We welcome all listeners of all sports, be it strongman, CrossFit, Olympic lifting, or more. Please send us your own inside girl jokes or questions if you'd like to submit one through the contact form on paleoparents.com. Simply click the podcast dropdown from the top right corner and submit a question or comment under the SWR tab. While you're at it, shop on the sidebar of our blog for our favorite products and recommended partners. Now, let's get to our fearless leaders, two competitive strong women athletes who earned their invites to nationals within the first year of training for the sport. Please remember, Stacey and Vivian's banter is often mindless and should never be taken for professional medical advice. Welcome back to Strong Woman Radio. I know we took a break for a long time, and now you got two episodes in a row. It's just how we roll here. We fly by the <laughs> seat real. of our pants. We're a hormonally driven podcast. <laughs> Understatement of the century. <laughs> this week, we have another awesome guest that we are excited to interview. Um, I've been following Jen from jensinkler.com since... Years ago, when I saw Diane Sanfilippo share a quote from her, and I'll share that story with you shortly, but um, I feel like this podcast was made to have Jen as a guest, so when Viv and I set this podcast up, I originally reached out to Stephanie and Jen immediately and were like, hey, you guys have to come on the podcast, and fortunately, they said yes. So, Jen, welcome to Strong Woman Radio. Thank you so much. Who would turn down an invitation to be on Strong Woman Radio? <laughs> that's, that's the goal. Seriously. Right? Seriously. <laughs> I felt honored that you asked. Awesome. So um, I'm going to give a really long personal introduction to you for oh. no other reason that I want to tell the story. I'm actually really excited to hear that story because I didn't even know that there was a story involved. So yeah. I'm, I'm wrapped. So I think it was when I went to the original Balance Bites seminar when it was just Diane Sanfilippo like three years ago, and she told the joke about how she had met you or found you or knew you or whatever based on the fact that um, Diane was really into crossfitting and um, lifting heavy things at the time, and I remember she was wearing a Razorback tank top, and I kind of had drool coming out of the corner of my mouth from her shoulders and lats, and it was like this epic thing that I was witnessing, and at the time, I wasn't working out at all myself, and was just like, whatever she's doing, it's working, and I remember somebody asking her what her philosophy on working out was, and she said, well, I kind of have the philosophy of Jen Sinkler, this really great quote I heard her say once, which is that, you know, what do you do for conditioning? I lift weights faster. And it's one of those things that always stuck in my mind, even before you collaborated with the Lift Weights Faster ebook program um, for conditioning with weights. So when that came out, I was like, oh my gosh, that's totally, I connected that story and I know, knew exactly who you were and all that kind of stuff from it. But um, what's been fascinating to me is that as I've been like following you and progressing on my own kind of parallel or not parallel path, um, I was good friends with Maggie who works out with you. Mm-hmm. Um, and I had no idea that Maggie was working out with you and that there was a connection at all until you put up a post about participating in a strongman competition. And I had seen probably on your Instagram or something that you were training for strongman and you were just kind of curious and like, okay, I'm going to do my first strongman competition. And you guys were working towards some event goals in order to accomplish the events and that kind of stuff. But I didn't realize that Maggie was tied into that in any sort of way until I read your post recap and your post recap was hysterical and awesome. I'm going to have to put um, a link in the show notes for um, the people to go and read it because I literally told everybody in the gym that week the story about how you put in your blog post that you went to the strongman comp and it was your first time actually being around strongman, that you had trained for it and you'd done, you know, coaching with other people who did strongman events and all that kind of stuff, but it was your first time doing something like truly quote unquote strongman and you got there and you're surrounded by your girls and you're looking around and everyone's covered in chalk and you're like, 
I don't know why, I don't know what for, but let's just put on all the chalk. Yeah. And we did, we covered ourselves head to toe because I've never seen so many chalked body parts. And I was like, there's obviously a reason that people are doing this. So act natural and just put a bunch of chalk on. I really, really enjoyed reading that because as someone who does strongman, after reading that, every time I'd go to chalk something weird, I'd be like, oh God, I'm totally living the stereotype right now. I mean, you guys, we chalked our tits. <laughs> yes, chocoholics. <laughs> I hear that the the tit the tit uh, record on Strongman Radio. You, Strongman you're Radio you're helping our our tit tally uh, increase. Yes, tally increase. Right? So, okay, we're going for it. That's two. <laughs> um, yeah. So it, it, I love how how uh, how connected the strong like w- strong women network is. Like, and, and I don't mean just like in the community of of strongman the sport, but strong women we are we're we have formed this crazy tight network all across the globe and all these connections that you're talking about i had the same connections to you i can tell you the same you know the same kind of story about how i'd heard of stacio stacy from paleo parents because um of the i think it was the low carb cruise probably two or three years ago yeah and one of my friends uh vanessa romero had gone on the cruise and she'd met you and she'd come back and said, Oh my gosh, you know, like Stacey's great. Uh, and so like, I, I'd already, like you were already on my radar too, uh, through that network. And then also through Diane and then Maggie and I got connected because I used to be the fitness editor at experience life magazine, a position that Maggie now holds. And she holds it because I tweeted when I left the magazine, I said, Hey, there's this opening for, for a staff writer at experience life. And she'd seen the tweet applied for the position then she'd come to my Radiance Retreat that I co-host with uh, Negar Fanuni and Jill Coleman every single year. And that one's coming up in, uh, the next one's coming up in March, actually. And we still have five spots open for that, if anybody's interested in that. And where is uh, that? That is in Santa Monica, the last weekend in March. And if you go to the, I think it's the, let me see, womensradianceretreat.com, then that is there information on how to sign up in any case then Maggie shows up there and, and so I told her like I was like all right here's how you have to interview for this position here's everybody on staff and so she went in like just prepared to the nines get, nailed the position and she's got such a you know such a great background in journalism and in fitness so she was a perfect fit for it anyway but I just I swear to god we're already all connected we just don't know it yet and I haven't even mentioned our other connection which is that Monica who does the show notes for the show and has was my very first employee at Paleo Parents and has been we call her our sister wife for years <laughs> um, <clears throat> has connection to you as well because she's also in Minnesota so she knows your gym and wants to work out there and just the whole I'm like I had no idea that you knew Vanessa but it totally makes sense to me that you knew Vanessa because her husband works at Lifetime which runs Experience Life and so I'm just like my mind and she trains with Cardigan Mark at Movement Minneapolis I mean like she's we're all we're all connected like and and we get I love the the moment that we all get to meet in, in real life because we're already friends and it's always just confirmation of like yep this woman is just as rad as I thought she was gonna be Cool. Well, now let me introduce you to my other half, Vivian, who, um, (laughs) the yin to her yang, (laughs) literally. (laughs) Oh, I love, I love yinny people. I need more yin in my life too. (laughs) Yeah, she is my yin to my yang. Uh, we were just joking the other day because she has a dragon tattoo and I have a phoenix tattoo and, um, we're so alike in so many ways and so very opposite. Like I always wear black and she wears neon colors and whatever. So, um, Viv actually is a a huge inspiration for me in the sport and went to nationals earlier this year and placed, I think eighth overall, she's the eighth strongest woman in the world. Um, Oh my God, that's amazing. So yeah, she is totally amazing and (laughs) is a certified CrossFit coach. Oh, shocks. So welcome ladies. Um, we are all now bonded by our muscles. I love it. Vivian, do you know Maya Camille Winters? Yeah, what? Well, we know of yeah. her. We don't know her like you know her. Oh, I was going to say, I feel like all, all uh, strong women know each other in that sport, especially. So, so not yet. I missed you haven't, a you lot of that. She's actually doing CrossFit right now. She didn't go to Strongman Nationals. Yeah. She was at regionals actually here because it happened to be in our backyard in the 
um, DC area. And I went and watched her several times, but the timing, because there were so many events, Mm -hmm. um, just didn't work out for us to actually meet. But, um, I think she's doing, um, a USSC event next year, Viv. I don't know if we'll see her or not, but she's, she's a few States away. So. Um, I'm admiring photos of Vivian atop a podium oh. right now. <laughs> <laughs> the Capital Classic one, I'm sure. That's the one I didn't think I would win at all. And I don't know if you've heard the story of Stacey and I meeting, but you should probably read on that, too. <laughs> point to, our point our to. first episode's kind of epic where we retell how we met, and I hated I her. <gasps> you did? Oh. She totally did. Why? I got the stink out. Because I'm the most nothing. competitive freak show in the entire world, and she beat me in the barbell events. Um. Fortunately, she hadn't touched strongman equipment, so when it came to yoke and stones and stuff like that i was able to to tweak it out but it wasn't until i actually beat her in something that i was able to say okay we can be friends oh my god so now we'll just never compete together again no we will but i'll still be smiling and stacy will still give me the stink eye yeah yeah i one of my one of my very best friends from rugby we we pick different sports periodically and then we compete and so so far it's been um after after rugby and i was better at her than rugby and then I invited her to, to take yoga with me. So we did competitive yoga. I mean, no, <laughs> nobody else in the room was competing, but we were for arm balances. I know that totally like sounds yes. just, <laughs> this is why I why I say like, I need more in. Uh, and then what did we try? We tried CrossFit after that. And that was kind of a draw. And we've since competed in powerlifting against each other. And it's just like, it's the friendliest competition ever because I don't take it. I love competing too. And I'm a fierce competitor, but I also don't take any of it personally ever. Cause it can get in the way of, of friendships where people you're supposed to be friends with these people can't, can't take it personally. So let's talk a little bit about you and what you do and how someone can be, um, into, CrossFit and conditioning and powerlifting and strongman and rugby and yoga. Like, I think it's, you know, fascinating and and interesting. Maybe you could kind of give people a little bit about yourself that's not just my own version of you. (laughs) (laughs) Well, I mean, you've covered a, you're you're pretty accurate in your representation. But the story is that I was on the U.S. rugby team for a really long time. And that was sort of, that was my, that was the sport that when I started playing it, I was like, ah, this is what I was waiting for. So I played four sports in, in, in high school and, and I'd always foul out in basketball. And I was just like a little bit too aggressive for, you know, the, here are your girl sports, everybody, uh, kind of thing. And so it was, when I went to college, it was either going to be softball or then I started, I got invited by a guy I'd started dating to come watch him play rugby. And the moment I saw it, I was like, I'm going to need to do this. So that was my sport. That was like the sport that I, you know, I spent 13 years playing. It's the reason that it took me all over the world. It's it's the reason I got a passport. I'd never, I mean, I was like a small town, Iowa kid. Hadn't done a lot of traveling and rugby changed my life. And I, I love that sport more than life itself. And since I, but you know, like it was starting to feel like Groundhog Day. Like I was doing the same thing over and over every year, and I was sort of putting, you know, other other bits of my life on hold, such as any sort of personal life. And I was leading this double life where I was trying to to get ahead in my career, which was a fitness editor. But I was doing it in you know in between times of like training and traveling for rugby. So eventually, I decided to to hang up the boots, and it was a t- it was a tough thing, like. Stacy, you know, if you, if you're, you know, like if you're super competitive, like you want, you like, you need to feed that competitive fire. And luckily that was right around the time. So that was 2010 and no, end of 2009, I think. And I, and I found CrossFit for the first time, very end of 2009. And I was like, ah, this, I can, you know, like, this is, this is my next thing. And it didn't end up being something that I wanted to devote as much time as I did with rugby. It wasn't, you know, it wasn't quite the coming home. Like, ah, because man, those long wads would kill me. I just like, it's not, I'm more of a sprint fast twitch kind of athlete. So they need to be pretty short for me to, we don't know anything about that. Oh Lord. I know. I went to, I think I went to regionals in 2010 I don't know. There's still sectionals then. And I got like second, you know, in the jerk event because it lasted all of three minutes. And that was great. I was like, I love it. And then there was like the 20 minute wad. And I was like, I hate it. So there were a lot of highs and lows in my very short lived uh, CrossFit competition days. 
And then after that, I was, I had to finally fall, like fallen in love with fitness itself. And so since then, I've just been trying all sorts of shit. And that's kind of my, that's kind of my thing now. Like I want to, you know, like one of my first, my first certification was like a sandbag certification. And it ended up being like with Josh Hankin at Ultimate Sandbags with DVRT. And it was just super interesting. And I was like, I love, you know, I love this too. And I learned how to, I learned how to work with kettlebells with Jason C. Brown. And then later on went and did my RKC one and later my RKC two. And then I went down, sorry, I went down that path for a little bit. And lately I've been diving into powerlifting more. I've done Olympic lifting and I've done the certifications with USAW up to senior level. And I just want in tack fit with Scott Sonnen and he's more flowy and body weight and, you know, club bell. And it's just, it's all really interesting to me. And, and I think that as a coach, I, I want to be able to offer a number of different services to the people I'm training because not everything clicks with everybody. And the people who say like, all right, this is my one thing that I can do. I can teach you how to work with the kettlebells. I think that that it sells your clients a little bit short because I want to, I like some people want to play with more toys than just that. So it's been kind of a fitness education and a, and a grand experiment and one that I've really loved. And I, I keep, I sort of keep, keep finding new, new pockets of interest. I don't think I'll ever go down one hole, one rabbit hole as deeply as I went down rugby, simply because it take, it has a tendency to take over your life. If you want to be the best at something, then that's the kind of time you need to put into it. And I don't know that I, that I will ever have that kind of time for one of one thing ever again. But for right now, I've been playing with powerlifting and I, and I really am enjoying it. Viv and I have uh, talked about maybe one day entering the world of uh, roller derby. Oh, yes. Yeah. I, I tried out for roller derby because I was like, this is a lot like rugby. You guys would be great at it. Yeah, that's that's what I'm thinking. It would be a lot of fun. I just have to wait for my kids to be older and they're like off doing their own thing. And then I'm like, mama's going to roller skate. Yeah, I think that there would be something def- really satisfying about about chucking people off the track. I'm definitely in the world now where I'm like getting myself lost in strongman and doing mm-hmm. that thing. So I totally get though the whole life balance thing because everyone's asking me where I'm at, where I am all the time. I'm like, I'm at the gym. Yeah, Shocker, well, I know. So what? <laughs> if that's what you love to do, the people who are like, I don't really know. I don't really buy into the whole like you have to have life balance and it's supposed to look exactly like this and you're supposed to take bubble baths and you know read a book, <laughs> relax and light a candle. I'm like, well, I'd actually rather lift. Most of the time. So that's, and that's, that's for me and that's for you. And that's, great. I mean, I take bubble baths just by myself because oh, yeah. I can't meet anybody because I'm at the gym <laughs> all the time. Wait, you no, know, whatever. Meeting people at the gym is that's, that's where you meet people. Are you kidding me? Uh, no. <laughs> I switched from dating rugby guys to dating gym owners. Like it, what, like it was right around the time that I retired from rugby because then, then all of a sudden I was in the gym all the time and I was like, oh, okay. I see how this is going to work. <laughs> I think this is the whole, like, Vivian can almost deadlift as much as you think. <laughs> that scares them a little. Just, you just need somebody who has a strong enough. Yeah, it takes a, it takes a secure man to date a woman that's strong. That can, like, deadlift 500 pounds because that's normal. Well, <laughs> they should be proud. I think so, too. Yeah. So you're just, Certainly you're, a worthy man would be proud. Yeah. So it'll, be, it'll probably be at one of your competitions because that's where they'll be able to, like, really... Like, that's where the really strong dudes will be. So what she's saying is, make sure everybody knows you're not wearing panties and more cleavage. Oh, I don't think that you'll even need to do that. Well, they'll just see your deadlift and they will know. (laughs) Depends on what pants I'm wearing, I'm sure. (laughs) Cool. So, um, why don't, you know what I think would be an interesting thing for nobody else but me maybe I don't care because this is I'm going to indulge my own whims but um given that you have kind of done so many different things um maybe for the benefit of our listeners who a lot of people um who listen to the podcast are either dabbling in some sort of strength sport I think mostly CrossFit and are kind of like interested in other things but don't know how to start or are feeling kind of overwhelmed and intimidated so maybe if you talked about how you go about doing something and finding the people to do it with and how you make that fun in a capacity where you know our listeners could figure out how to 
incorporate that into their own lives if they have those feelings, um, it could be helpful for them. So that's a great question. And, and it, one definitely worthy of, of, uh, and I'd love to hear what you guys do, uh, do the, how you guys found strongman and like how you got into it and who you listened to. For me, I start doing research on like, all right, who I, I go, I go straight to the top and figure out who's the best. I don't figure out like who the local people are first. I, I figure out who's like, who's giving the best information. And then I, I do a shit ton of reading on the topic and I kind of figure out if, if it's something that, that sounds up my alley. After that, I figure out who's, who's local, like where that, where they, where you can find the equipment. I joined a, um, another gym just for a short period of time, just so I had, uh, access to a little bit more equipment than we have at movement Minneapolis. That's specific to strongman. Although we ended up, my gym buddies and I ended up kind of rigging up, uh, whatever we needed to rig up to train for that, for the, the contest that we did. And I'm lucky in that I work at a gym with Jennifer Blake, who's also like, she's, she's my lifting buddy. Like we have, we have four of us or like, there's a, there's a sort of a, there are five of us who, who do different competitions together, but four of us who lift together all the time. And I think that community, like finding the community who is going like, like I misery loves company, but so did like, so the fun stuff works that way too. So I find people who are, who are willing to go down, like who are willing to go the same path that I am like, Hey, what do you guys think about entering, you know, a a strongman competition this summer? Like that's how, that's how that started. It's like, it started because my friend Pam is an endurance. She's crazy about endurance and it breaks her body over and over and over. So she like, she thinks she loves it. She's like, I love running and I love cycling and she'll do it. And then she can't walk and she's had numerous hip surgeries and she just couldn't figure out what else to compete in. So I was like, listen, you need to lift like that. This is, this is going to, you know, strengthen your joints, strengthen your connective tissue and, and probably, you know, change the way you feel about, about what you're capable of. And like, she was just having kind of a terrible relationship with her body situation happening. And so she said, okay, but she's one of my teammates from the U S team. So she's like, can't, you know, it has to be a competition. So that's why she was entering triathlons and 10 Ks and five Ks, et cetera, et cetera, half marathons. So she needed something. She's like, well, what can we do though? What can we do with this? And I said, well, why don't we look at a strongman competition? So as a group, we took a vote and we were like, all right, this sounds like, you know, something that we might be able to excel at or that, and that would be fun to train for. So I found strong, starting strongman and I was already, do you say his name kale Beck? That's what people have been. Yeah. It's kale like the vegetable. <laughs> yeah. Okay. That's what I thought. <laughs> so we found Kale's stuff and we started reading up on that. And then I'm lucky enough to have played rugby with Maya Winters. So I tapped her brain on some stuff. And then we, you know, like I got Jennifer Blake involved and Jennifer was like, you know, I think I can write a program for us with the equipment we have available. And so she's one of my co-coaches at movement. So she wrote us a program and it's online at six weeks to uh, six weeks to strongman. And we all like, it went really, really well. We had to, we didn't end up hiring a coach who was local, who was a strongman competitor only because we all train in this very strange intuitive training. We follow this intuitive training method that is, we would have to, I think, teach somebody else in order for for them to write a program really specific to us. So she wrote the program for us and it was fantastic. And we got some feedback on the movements we were including from people like Kale Beck and, and from Maya Winters. And so we followed that for six weeks because that's all the time we had. And uh, it worked really well. Like we all felt really good at the competition and, and prepared uh, and so on. And we've done the same thing with powerlifting. With powerlifting, we're like, okay, so Chad Wesley Smith and the Juggernaut crew, they're doing some really amazing things with, with powerlifting. And like the athletes who are also coaches are there. They're not the kind of coaches who are like, you know, like just do as I do. I don't know. Uh, so we got some really good feedback from them. And are following an an adapted version of a Chad Wesley Smith program right now. Does that make sense? Was that a yeah? So I think it's maybe for people who don't have, or maybe you could recommend um, find your crew first. Find your crew. Find somebody who's gonna who's gonna like gonna do this with you, so that it can be more fun. Like (laughs) on a friend method. Yeah. <laughs> adopt a friend. friend come on you don't have to con somebody yeah adopt um, a friend and then figure out who who to listen to and then then find somebody local 
I find that the best way to make friends in the gym is to compliment something that someone's doing because everybody likes to be complimented and be told that they're strong. So whenever there's people in the gym that I'm interested in hanging out with, I'm like, damn girl, that's a fine back squat. Want to get some bunless burgers after this? Oh my God, yes. Or lunch after, or food after the gym is always the key to my heart. Yeah, exactly. Um, But so for people who don't have access to like the big names and the different things that they might be interested in, I think it's really interesting that you mentioned like startingstrongman.com because that's a resource that a lot of people can use to find not just a local space, but there's even um, through Starting Strongman um, recommended places to get equipment, recommended places to get programming. And there are a lot of online coaches that will review your videos and give you programming. And it sounds like that's some of what you did, um, that people working out at, let's say, a CrossFit box who has a barbell club and they want to try something new can incorporate either into their own programming or do with, you know, a few people from the crew like you did. And I think that that's a really good way to recommend to people to get into something else. And if you don't have a barbell club and you're interested in more Olympic lifting, you know, Viv and I have talked before about bring it up with your box owner or come up with some ideas and present it because oftentimes what I hear and see and find in general is just that um, the owners of, of boxes or the owners of gyms aren't doing something simply because they think people don't have an interest or a need and whether it be adding yoga once a week to your CrossFit box or adding a barbell club or adding strongman component, oftentimes just bringing that up and saying, Hey, a couple of us are really interested in doing this. Can we try it and see, um, is a, is a good way to kind of get it started in an environment that you're already comfortable in. But if you're not already going to a box, you know, someplace like starting strongman.com where there's a a map, I think it's, yeah, there strongmanmap.com or something like that. Um, yep, you can find gyms that, that meet the bill. Yeah, and they even list, gyms. like, the kind of equipment that they have there and that kind mm-hmm. of stuff. Yeah, and, and I know that Juggernaut has a th- strong 360 as well, which is this private community where you can you can pick the brains of, of the experts and, and, and get some high-level advice there. Now, that said, there's really nothing that beats in real-life training. Uh, so that's, like, that's to me, like, I, I've never... I've never skipped that step of like, all right, I need somebody to teach me. And so I do have the advantage of like, I travel a lot and I go to a lot of seminars and I have, and I'll seek direct access to the people who are doing it. Uh, And so like last time I was in Philadelphia, for example, I headed over to Iron Sport and picked Katie Majewski's brain, Katie Majewski Feely. And she taught me how to, because I had a terrible time with one event in, in the strongman competition that we did. And it was the, the odd, the odd objects medley. And I just, man, it was so odd for me. And I, I was like, I felt, I feel, felt kind of prissy about it. I was like, I don't know how to pick up this keg and it hurts my arms. And I'm like, I can't quite figure it out. Yeah. It just hurts your arms. Yeah. yeah. Apparently it just hurts your arms. I didn't know that. And so I didn't think it was normal. <laughs> the guys I was training with and my husband's one of them was like, just put your arms over it, but over the top of it. But it turns out, and Katie confirmed this, but it's like arm length is actually an issue. And you may not be able to put especially your arms yeah especially if you're especially a woman, woman and you have tits. breasticles or tits, tits as Viv likes to call them <laughs> it's yeah. gonna even reduce it because then you're losing like in my case something like eight inches of my arm yeah. is obstructed by yeah. my chest Boob. yeah, yeah it, it, it doesn't work in the same and the, those leverages don't work so I wish I wish I would have done it in reverse order and, and spoken to Katie before that but we just yeah so that was the one the one uh the one event that didn't go, didn't go as well as I'd hoped. And it was because I hadn't sought out that in real life coaching on kegs specifically. Cool. Um, so you're really into, you said powerlifting right now. I'm on kind of a tear with powerlifting right now. Yeah, that was, it's, it's the more recent I, I had alluded earlier to, I have a friend who we've been doing this lifelong competition thing and powerlifting is our newest thing. So we're having a rematch um, in December, we had our first matchup in, um, gosh, I think it was, it was August. It was middle of August. And I didn't, I failed to lock out the very top of a 358 pound deadlift. And I have, I, and so she won, like I was going for the win and I 
didn't lock it out. And so she won that one. So I just did another meet this past weekend. Got the 358. So I'm happy about that. It's no 500 yet, Viv. But I'm <laughs> yeah. Also, you're end. like the size of my leg and we have the same deadlift. So that's a little bit sad. <laughs> Not at all. Not at all. I I had I, I had to cut I had to cut a few pounds to get into 148 in this last meet. So it was yeah. kind of an exciting week built building up to it. I don't even know what that looks like on my body, but <laughs> I would be really mad if I lost <laughs> my 500 pound deadlift. So exactly, yeah. <laughs> Priorities. I want I want the 500 pound too. Eventually, I might I might start with the goal of 400 though. Yeah, four hundred sounds good. Let yeah. me let me get a five fifty before you get a five hundred. <laughs> <laughs> okay, fair. So, what? I guess so. Some of the other questions that I have, Viv, I don't know if you have questions, but I think this is a question for both you and Viv. Like, what do you think the most common problems that you see from people who are a coming in? brand new, which I'm imagining you're going to see completely different and less problems than from people who come from, let's say, a not very well coached CrossFit for two years. And they, they come into your gym and they're interested in, you know, doing more specific movement, um, goal oriented or intuitive, like training, like you're talking about where, you know, they're really, they want to make progress and they want to be, let's say competitive athlete in some respect. What are, what are the typical things that you see and how do you troubleshoot them? Honestly, I, I really, I love when people come in as a fresh slate and with no lifting experience. And I don't think that, I mean, like with it, we had one of our clients, one of our clients at movement, uh, entered her first powerlifting meet three months after she joined the gym, three months after she started lifting period. And I love this story because she's an identical twin and she, her, her twin had started competing in something. It was like, I I think something endurancey, something like triathlons or five Ks or something. And, and she said that she wanted to be able to say to her twin, like, do you even lift? So she (laughs) decided and to go for powerlifting. Um, and so I, what I like about Brant, like fresh slates, is that there are no bad habits. There's no undoing, and there's no thinking that they know better. Like, oh no, like you know, this is this is this is how I do. Uh, so Brant, like newbies are the best. Newbies are great as they come in with with no expectations of what things should be like. And so we coach them up from ground up. And obviously, like not everybody's going to be competing in three months, and that's not going to be right for everybody in three months. But we've had a lot of interest. It's been fun to see the interest growing, like as more of us compete in different things, like more people are raising their hands, more women are raising their hands. It's overwhelmingly women in our gym who are saying, Hey, I want to compete. And I love that because it's finally a different outlet than the sort of the traditional, all right, you know, you can run or you can swim or you can bike races. And there's nothing wrong with events like that, but those aren't, those events aren't for everybody. So we're trying to sort of, uh, make, make the lifting events a little bit contagious and it's working. Now, as for people who have come in with some sort of experience, yeah, you get, you, you get a little bit of undoing, like, okay, especially if they're coming from, we do get a lot of CrossFit castoffs in our gym because it's with CrossFit and, and I CrossFitted for, for years and I coached CrossFit for years. And I really like so much about the community and, and, and I like so much about what it's doing to, to spread the love of strength. What I don't like about it as much is that there aren't a lot of variations offered. Like the variations at most boxes usually consist of uh, use less weight instead of changing the range of motion or changing the movement entirely to be, you know, like a a deadlift variation, like a sumo deadlift or a Jefferson deadlift or a suitcase deadlift or like any, you know, any number of other deadlifts. It's like you only see conventional in CrossFit gyms. And so you see a lot of like back pain, shoulder pain clients coming, you know, like saying like, Oh, you know, like I, I don't think I can do this anymore. And I was one of those, to be honest, like when I had found movement Minneapolis and I'd met my would be husband, I'd said like, okay, I, you know, like I'm, I'm interested in this intuitive training thing that you're talking about, but just so you know, I can't, I can't deadlift. And he was just like, whatever, we'll see about that. Which was cool because he had me deadlifting without pain 
and it had been a really long time since I had been able to do that within two months, within two months of, of following my body rather than following a program to a T. And we're, we're a lot like other gyms in that, you know, the members come in and they see a workout on the board. The difference is they see three different variations for every movement that's up there. So you're going to see three different, dead, if it's deadlift day, three different deadlift variations, you know, three different press, different press variations, three different, you know, et cetera, et cetera, and so on. So then they do range of motion testing, and this is kind of hard to explain without being able to demonstrate. But we'd use a range of motion test to first test the baseline, like where where is your body's baseline flexibility and mobility for that day? And then we put them through a couple different reps of each of those variations that are on the board. And one of them will stick out as like, and then they retest. And one of them will stick out as like, oh, my range of motion increased when I did a sumo deadlift instead of a conventional deadlift. So we're like, okay, you're sumo, this, you're sumo today. So when you would come in and look at a class that we're running, it doesn't look the same as other group classes, like because not everybody's doing exactly the same movement. And this intuitive training philosophy that we follow has just, it's, it's, it's nothing short of a miracle for we find with a lot of people who are in pain. Because for the first time, people are really listening to like what their bodies want instead of what they want. Like I, I hate the whole like push, push through pain, like fitspo shit. I hate it so much. I don't think we should have to push through anything. Like your body says yes or your body says no. And that's and when you start pushing through shit that actually hurts. And I'm talking about, I'm not talking about like, Oh, like I'm a little huffy puffy right now. Like that's fine. Well, that's not what I'm talking about, but I'm talking about like that feels bad. Then we don't do anything that feels bad. Totally agree. Yeah. I'm on you. your train with that one. Um, I guess for me, um, new athletes, they don't have any bad habits, but I do find that sometimes they're, too apprehensive and they say can't a lot ah yeah, <laughs> yeah. and yeah. for me and I'm like don't say can't yep yeah because you ha- just you can say it, you haven't done it yet but can't is not in here no it it's not be in your head that's a and, really great point and so like yes they're they're newer and usually more pliable and they're usually ready to take a coaching cue but sometimes their brain is already telling them no when they haven't even tried because that's how they've been programmed to live life forever. Well, I think you just touched on your that's, that's you're touched, talking about a really important point and that exact phenomenon was the reason that I wrote uh, a blog post called unapologetically strong, which then I later ended up making like a t-shirt and a mantra and it's it's because of this really special transformation that people go through when they come in brand new to strength training and you're right, they like I had clients who would, you know, these two in particular who would basically apologize if they like, Oh, sorry. I think that's, you know, like, I don't think I, sorry, I don't think I can do that. And and like the, the sorry and the, uh, I don't think like, I don't think I can, like I can't sort of phenomenon is, is like at first, I guess, you know, it can be frustrating, but I, I'm kind of like David was with me when I'm like, Hey, just, you know, like, just wait, just wait, you'll see. And the metamorphosis of like the personality even involved with people who are, who come in as women, especially when they come in and they haven't lifted weights bef- before, you know, like give them six months and you've got a new woman who's a like, whole, it's like a whole new person that walks it's in amazing. here. It's like, Oh, who is this getting out their own barbell and putting on their plates and they're not concerned about saying sorry. And- they're more like, sorry, I'm not sorry. Yeah, sorry. <laughs> They're like, sorry, you don't this. have, sorry, you didn't put enough weight on for me. Can you put on? And then all of a sudden, you're getting stink eyes from across the room because you touched the barbell, and it's like, okay, now you need to calm, cool your jets. <laughs> no, I love it. That's my that's my favorite transformation is the personality involved and the confidence. The confidence shift is is absolutely huge, and that's my favorite part of of new lifters transformation. Yeah. It's super exciting. And then so for for me, at least getting into CrossFit, I actually saw Stacy um, posting things on Instagram and that kind mm-hmm. of stuff. And, and I know, well, in CrossFit, it helped me find that, okay, I excelled in more like heavy lifting, even long wads. But so long as I was lifting something heavier mm-hmm. than an average workout of 95 pounds or whatever it was. Yeah. Um, 
that's what I excelled at. So I was like, okay. And then everyone in my friend group at the time was like, you can do it. Try strongman. It's a lot heavier, but you can do it. Don't worry about it. And everyone was just like, all right. And I got, I kept on getting pushed and basically like peer pressured on on Facebook to trying the strongman thing. And I was like, you know what, let's just try it and see how it goes. And then you know, a bug bit. I love peer pressure is the best, I think. <laughs> Positive peer pressure. Oh, absolutely. absolutely. Yeah, that's what I'm talking about. Yeah. So that's how I got into the sport. But I think it's just finding what you feel like you're good at. I mean, like, so long as you're doing something with your body, can't be that bad. <laughs> yeah. Other than, like, you know, walking down the stairs, sitting on the couch, getting up, opening the refrigerator, which I am also very good at. Yeah, I love that. <laughs> Uh, what I like is that there are so many options. Like, what do you, what do you want to do? It's it's all open. It's all fair game. Like in strongman's like a little too, like it is a little too heavy, you know, for some people, like they're just not like that's, it does not what clicks for them, but the powerlifting may click for them because like they get to choose their weights. Like I had a question from one new client who was like, well, how much, you know, how much do you have to lift in powerlifting? I'm like, whatever you do lift. Like, whatever you say, like, put that on the bar for me. That's what you get to lift. That's fun. I feel like I could get into the whole powerlifting thing, too. I don't know. If you, I, I don't know why you don't. Well, I feel like a lot of people actually come to Strongman from a powerlifting background. Like, it's a good yeah. base and foundation. We yep. do all those movements. We just yeah. don't focus on them entirely. And therefore, I don't think our numbers on them are as good as they could be because we're busy doing... 10 billion mm-hmm. other things which yeah. is that's what I think interests me about strongman is like you were describing earlier is just the monotony of doing something over and over again and feeling bored with it um yeah. and it's also why I like to crossfit like there's something different every day and mm-hmm. there's so many different implements that it just never got boring for me whereas you know when I was trying to be a step class monkey um it wasn't different. <laughs> you know, it was like, oh, here I am stepping on this step again and feeling like I'm going to pass out. So, um, yeah, I mean, just everything is different for everybody. But I think what's great about our audience is that they're obviously interested in being strong in general or some sort of strength sport. So I think from the perspective of having tried so many things and, you know, for people to see, you don't have to choose one thing or just be good that's what's readily available to you go with that I think the idea of trying out different things and seeing what works for you and what makes you happy is important yep I absolutely agree and and I I can I can see the allure like I would love to do more strongman competitions because I like that I like the variety I like that like I'm not really sure like it's got that like unknowable sort of uh quality that CrossFit has too like you do get to know the events ahead of time thank goodness but it's also like you can't you can't train to be absolutely rocking it at everything yeah it's funny because like i do the sport and i compete in the sport and i still go and watch and i wince every time continental clean i don't know why but like i'll watch it and i'm like oh my god why is this happening i can't (laughs) close my eyes see i don't know with continental clean it's the people who go to press and clearly like aren't confident or able to get under the bar the way that I think they do and they strain and they're cocking their neck and one arm's higher than the other. And I'm like, Oh my God, I can't watch. Tell me when it's over. (laughs) You want to hold your breath. I I find myself holding my breath for those people. Yeah. As if it's going to (laughs) help. Viv, you have questions? I do not because I'm crappy. (laughs) (laughs) What else should we talk about? Yeah. So what do you want to talk about, Jen? Yeah. What do you want to, what do you want to ask us or what do you want to share with our audience that we haven't asked you? I would love to hear, I would actually really like to pick your brains about, about strongman and, and like favorite events and best training tips for for different implements. Sure. You want to go first, Viv? Sure. Uh, what's my favorite event? Deadlift. (laughs) Obviously. But I came in with a pretty decent deadlift in Strongman. That's my favorite event. She came in with a pretty good bar history. Like, just anything. Just from CrossFit, I actually had a really awesome coach and an only lifting coach, too, 
that helped me kind of get a really good foundation. So I came in with like fairly decent movements for a CrossFitter. I didn't okay, come well, in with tell like... me tell me what that means <laughs> so I can make sure that you're not being like overly modest or anything. What is... <laughs> well, I, like suspicious. as like I came in to strongman with like what a 350 deadlift mm-hmm. that is. um like like a 120 overhead press you know that kind of stuff a 155 power snatch so i had a decent like foundation barbell wise and movement wise uh-huh. on the barbell to come into strongman and um from there i've been lucky that i've had dustin and mike and stacy just kind of helping me build up and try to figure out the new movements because as crazy as strongman looks there is a method to the madness of a lot of movements like viper pressing and that kind of stuff okay Um, let's talk about atlas like how to pick an atlas so wait wait i didn't say what my favorites are yet sorry sorry okay all right so my favorite um is actually atlas stone oh okay good but my best event is yoke so i always say that those are both my favorite I like it. Atlas stones are like traditional, classic, history of strongman, kind of, um, <clears throat> I don't know, to me, that's just like the iconic strongman movement, that and pulling trucks. Like, if if I say I participate in strongman sports, people look at me cross-eyed, I'm like, you know, concrete stones and pulling trucks, and they're like, oh, yeah, you do that? And I'm like, yeah. <laughs> yeah. Of course I do. Yeah, that's that. So I like you, to roll like that. Do you train with tacky? I do. Yeah. Um, not always. So depending on if you're doing conditioning or if you're trying to hit heavy, um, like if, if we're working on then no tacky because it's a lighter stone. Yeah, if you're doing, exactly. Okay, got it. And if I mean a lot of people do things differently, it's just that. To me, I want to operate in training the way that I'm going to operate in contest. And so if I'm going to use tacky in a contest and I'm trying to pick up a heaviest stone in training, then I'm going to use tacky to train. So um, I really like spider tack. Um, That's what you use too, right, Viv? Yeah, I use spider tack. It's spider tack and then tack attack to get it off. Yeah, I just use, (laughs) I just honestly Uh. use baby oil or coconut oil to get it off. I don't need tack attack, but... Um, yeah, so then we also tape up. So there's a whole bunch of like devices that you can use leather and whatnot to put on your arms to protect your skin from being ripped off from concrete. Um, (laughs) those are pretty pretty cute too. Those little leather lace up things. I like those. Yeah. I mean, I just feel like, cause I've had the opportunity for vendors to send some to me and I've actually not done it just because I feel like. I want to grip the stone Um, the same way that like, I like, you know, really minimal shoes Mm -hmm. um, and that sort of thing. in some of the events, like I, I want to be able to, to feel myself kind of gripping the stone. And so I just use athletic tape to tape up. And then um, I put tack on if I'm working on something really heavy. I am a total wuss. Um, You can ask anybody that's worked out with me. I am like a total press about, being uncomfortable in the gym. So like even when we were crossfitting and they'd have us do burpees outside, I'm like, no, no, no. Like there's, there's, there's gravel out here on this road. <laughs> like, No, thank you. And I go and get a yoga mat and like do my burpees in the yoga mat outside in the gravel. Cause I'm a list like that. So for me, um, it was always recommended that you don't always train with tape with the stones, because if you're using like a light stone for conditioning and you're just shouldering it like you would, in let's say a CrossFit wad, you don't need tape or tacky for that. But then my arms would get all like messed up and I'd be like, yeah, no, I'm going to tape up. <laughs> yeah. I'm with you. Yeah. I don't always tape up. I'm on the other train where if I'm shouldering, like the other day, if I'm shouldering or just using a light stone under a hundred, whatever, um, pressing a stone. I usually just raw dog it. <laughs> yeah. But if I'm doing a heavy, heavy stone, then that's when I'll tape up and tacky and all that kind of stuff. But I know people that don't, they, they're raw arms and, or at the Capitol classic. I was yeah. There were women that came from the Capitol classic who, tacky. Yeah, and they're they're like national level competitor women. They yeah. were awesome. There they're was a group awesome. of them that trained together. Strong. 
And they never use tape or tacky. They said that's just like how their coaches train them. Mm -hmm. And, um, I mean, they did fantastic with the stones, but their arms looked like raw meat after. And I was just like, I'm not interested in that. No, no, I thought about that. (laughs) And I like outfits and and, (laughs) I like looking cute competitions. So yeah, I I think everyone has like stone outfit. Yes. (laughs) So like I have stone pants. Like, I like the like girls... M vibe of the lace up leather. <laughs> most uh, most girls have like a dark colored stone pants. My stone pants are bright pink and neon. <laughs> well, yeah. now they're polka dot pink because they've got tacky sticks all over. They have tacky sticks all over them. But yeah, Maya's got some like you can definitely tell her tacky shirts. Yeah, and my husband as well. Like they're they're the the ruined ones. <laughs> So my tips with yoke, um, and I see this so common in women, especially who do yoke. I don't, did you train yoke for your contest? I don't remember. I think you did, right? I did. Yep. Yeah. Um, I see women all the time put their hands under the bar, like basically above the shoulder under the Uh bar. Uh And I'm, I'm like, whenever I'm working with someone who hasn't been doing it a lot, and they go to do that. I'm like, okay, now I want you to pick up the yoke right now with your hands like that. And then I want you to put your hands out horizontal with your arms on the side of the bar and your traps and your shoulder muscles supporting the entire length of the bar and pick it up like that. And you tell me what's easier. And it's like, everybody's like, oh yeah, I'm able to disperse the weight more across my shoulders and that feels better. But for some reason, I think maybe because usually yokes aren't adjustable to like women and they feel like they have to put it up higher and that's why they support it above their shoulders. I don't know where it comes from, but I think sometimes too, the yoke is like too wide and some women have shorter arm lengths than we do. Cause you and I have pretty broad long shoulders, arms, yeah. long arms and broad shoulders for ladies our height. <laughs> How tall are both of you? I'm five, four, and three fourths. <laughs> I, oh, don't forget the three fourths. I like it. Okay. I'm five, seven. Gotcha. And so, yeah, that, that was, I, right, right before we went on the yoke, like in the competition, uh, one of the guys who was, who was helping run the competition, like we were kind of, you know, practicing, picking it up and, uh, with, you know, with the weight on it. And I had my hands out to the side and he, he had said to me, he's like, well, you can either do that or you can do exactly what you're saying not to do and put your hands <laughs> up, up, up underneath, like, like sort of a, you know, like, like they would be in a back squat. And I was like, I don't think that sounds like that does not feel secure at all. And part of it. And so the women who took his advice, they were, the yoke was like, uh, careening back and forth, like a bell, like thing, like, I mean, like there was, there was much less control over the contraption. Yeah. As opposed to those of us who were had our hands on the outside, squeezing in and up, and I think like it, it, the urge is probably like, get this thing off, you know, like push up, get it off off of me. But you're not strong in that. Like that's not the those aren't the right you know, leverages for that. Like, that's yeah, not I I am fortunate that I have trapzilla type traps, and I They're literally really just like rest the bar basically between my traps and my shoulder. Like there's a curve there. And Mm -hmm. if I get the bar to sit there, then it is very solid as I move, as long as I actually push out on the bars, but you can pull in, like you're saying, Uh or you can push out either way. But to stabilize it from swinging is really important. And, um, I think you're more likely to, to like set the yoke down if it's right on top of you and you're supporting it like with your arms ahead whereas if my arms are out I don't know I just feel like propelling myself forward it's just for me personally the other thing that I see very commonly with people with the yoke is that they don't get their feet under them like this is really I don't know people I think kind of step into it with their feet either behind them or um whatever, so that then they're having to strain to pick it up. But if they stack their joints really importantly with their ankles underneath their hips, with their shoulders all in a perfect line, then the toughest part of the yoke, which is the pick, becomes so much easier. And I see that very commonly with people not getting their feet really under them properly. I think that's, that's an awesome, that is an awesome tip and one that was totally borne out when I, when I, when I competed. And it's one that was echoed 
by Maya Winters because she, I had, I had asked her before, you know, pre-competition, like, what are, what are your best tips on the yolk? And she, the way she said it, it didn't entirely click until I, until I started training it, but she said, run with your quads. Like once you're under it, like she, she said, yes, yeah, stack your joints completely, stand up with it and then run with your quads. And what she means is like, don't try to stick your butt out, you know, like don't try to engage your posterior chain, just like throw your legs out in front of you, like little marching steps, but like staying bolt upright. Does that make sense to you? Is that like that? Is that yeah, yeah. I think it's much more quad and what are the side glute muscles? What are yeah. those? She said butt too. Yes. Yeah. So it's like that side butt thing for me, that's a part of my body that has never been wide. Like I'm touching my butt right now as I talk. So, I you know, the, those, those side, well, they've got to be side glutes. I don't know what they're, the what they're gluteus medius. I don't know. You know what I'm talking about? Like right underneath yeah. your hips, those muscles yeah. that connect your hips to your, to your thighs. Mm-hmm. Um, those muscles have never been a muscle that I ever knew I even had before. Like I've always been, um, the kind of person that just didn't have, I'm, I'm very front heavy in terms of a belly, but I never had like, um, thunder thighs or whatever they call that kind of stuff. I'm just not built that way. And so for me, one of the transformations that I've been seeing a lot in my own body is like my pant size are the same, but that's because my belly's getting smaller and like the side muscles and my thighs and my hips are getting much bigger and stronger. And I think definitely one of the things that that's growing those particular muscles is, um, that side movement and that you can get in a yoke or like we do weighted lunges to kind of prep and, and bear weight and build those muscles in strong man for a yoke. Um, and, and it's exactly what you're saying. Like the, it's not posterior chain movement. It's working those lateral glutes. That's what they're called. The, the lateral glutes and then the, the quad and, and kind of stabilizing yourself that way rather than trying to engage anything else. Mm-hmm. But Viv has a great posterior chain, which is why her deadlift is epic. <laughs> it's okay. It's okay. I want, I want more. I know it's it's really addictive. You goal, you and then more. you want more. <laughs> let's talk about <laughs> let's talk about how to pick up an atlas stone, though, because like this was one of the like you think you want to grip it, you think you want to bend your arms, but can you guys tell like talk about how really to pick it up and lap it? So you want to straddle the stone. Like mm-hmm. a lot of, because of the stone, because of the weird shape, a lot of times you kind of, uh, people are like, you want to deadlift it, but deadlifting the bar is obviously in front of you. With the Atlas stone, you want the stone between your feet. So you kind of want to squat, not squat, but, well, you kind of want to squat. You want to squat no, down it's a squat. to it. Huh? Yeah, you squat over it. Yeah, you squat over it, but you're not squatting, so you're at the same level like if you were doing a tire flip. Yeah, you squat like you're a big monster over it. Right, like, over uh, it. And then you're you're wrapping your uh, hands, basically cutting the stone in half, big hands as big as possible, and for us small hand people, it's like the most the hardest part about it. And uh, once you get to that point, you're deadlifting the stone to your lap. Now, once you get to your lap, you can almost sit down with it, wrap your hands in, which basically means you're getting your hands over the stone as high as possible. So right now, so you deadlifted the stone, it's up into your lap. Arms are still straight. You're not curling at all. You're basically using your arms as straps. At 10 and 2. Yeah. At that point, once you deadlift it, you can get it into your lap and you just kind of sit back like you would sit back into a chair with a baby in your lap. And then from there, you kind of wrap your hands over the burrito baby, which is a stone. (laughs) (laughs) And then from there, all you're thinking about is a giant kettlebell swing, basically a huge hip thrust. And then you're getting it up onto a platform or over a bar. And that's what I liked about, that's what I've been enjoying about strongman training too, is that, is that it all comes down to your hips, which is great if you've like ever played any sort of sport or you've had to, you know, change directions or produce any sort of power, it transfers over really nicely. Like athletes understand how to use their hips. Yeah. I would say that even athletes that don't understand how to use their hips, I've come up with a thing like you've got to learn how to squeeze your butt in a timely manner. Yep. (laughs) Or like in a timely manner with your butt cheeks. (laughs) That kind of thing happens a lot. 
I would say the hardest part for me with stones isn't, um, it's, it's getting it into my lap. Like I think for a lot of people who do stones, you think that the hard part is, you know, getting it up and over. And, and maybe that's the case depending on the height and the weight of the stone. But I think for the most part, if someone's able to get the stone into their lap and they know the technique, they should be able to get it onto a platform. Like you should have that strength in your upper back and your hips in order to do it. So for me, the hardest part with a stone is that, you know, change from a deadlift to getting it in your lap. Like the, the part that I struggle with is rolling it over my knees. So usually like when you get those open hands under the stone as much as you can and you're squatting over it and you go to pick it up and your arms are kind of straight, you can't bicep curl a 250 pound stone into your lap. So for me, it's the, the, basically from the top of the shin to my lap is the hardest part. And that's where you, I, it was really a mental struggle for me to say, okay, this is going to be hard and I'm going to have to take my time. And so like, I'll get it up to my shin. And if I get it that far and I'm able to regrip my arms a 10 and two and literally just roll it into my lap. And then I roll it in tight again into my lap as tight as I can to, you know, pressing up against my belly and my chest mm-hmm. arms at 10 and two and kettlebell swing that, that hip upper back thing is not hard for me. And that's fortunately just the way that I'm built. Um, and I, I don't have a really strong posterior chain. It's something I'm working on. So for me, that's the part that's hard. And I think it just depends on, on who you are and the kind of stone that you're lifting. But I think it's important that like the most important thing about stones is that it's a, I think it's mostly a mental game for people. You know, it's like, it's a really big concrete stone. It's uncomfortable. It, it's terrifying. It's, yeah. And, and <laughs> a lot of people are afraid they're going to drop it on their feet, which I've done. <laughs> and yeah. so you just kind of have to mentally prepare yourself and say, this is going to be heavy, but here's my plan and, and stick with it. And for me, there was a really heavy stone at the gym that kind of um, taunted me for a while. And I'd go to like, pick it up. And I'd say, no, I can't, but like, I probably could have. And it was, it was one day where I had heard that Viv picked up the stone and it was yeah. a week later. And I was <laughs> like, fuck that shit. But it's not going to be stronger at stones than me. I, I have a good upper back. Like we can be where we should be on par with stones. And so I went and I just told myself, I'm going to pick up the stone and I picked it up, you know? So I think, first of all, you have to have the the fortitude and the desire to do it, but also it's really a lot about like, okay, it's not, I mean, it's not going to be easy. I'm picking up a huge concrete stone and I just got to stick with the movement and the, and the momentum of it and just go for it and not give up and say, it's hard. I can't, which is what we all want to do. It's kind of like the mentally fighting, fighting for the movement, not through the pain. So, like, knowing that you can do the movement and then fighting for that movement versus, you know, pushing yourself past the point of, like, no return. (laughs) Well, right. And it's it's believing that it it will move, like, if you apply enough pressure. And, and, you know, it may not – it doesn't move at first. Like, that happens with heavy deadlifts first, uh, you know, at first, too. You're like, is this thing going to move? And it's just, like, stay with it long enough. And a lot of times, sure enough, it does start moving. Um, I really would like to train with you guys. Can we make that happen? Yeah. So are you going to be in town when I come to Minneapolis on is the Relic Paleo Tour? Is that, is that November 10th? It's sometime in November. I'm doing something like 14 cities in 15 days. I have no idea what oh, days are what. That's fair. <laughs> I could look it up. If, if it is November 10th, I do believe that I am in town. I, th- I think we're leaving for Ecuador on Wednesday. So if you're in town on Monday, that Monday, November 10th, we're training together. That's it. It's Sweet. Happening. That sounds awesome. I'll be here in Virginia. You have fun with that. But you are more than welcome to come visit the Washington, D.C. area where we have free museums. You can come work out at my new home gym, House of Gains, which... House of Gains <laughs> with a Z. House of Gains with a Z. And there's even a hot tub. I have a thousand pound tire. There's all kinds of epic stuff here. I pictured it with a Z and I'm totally in. Yeah, so I asked, my husband and I were coming up with names for the gym and I told him, I was like, we're really into Game of Thrones and it was it was kind of like a, a punny kind of thing for us. And I was like, what about House of Gains? And he's like, only if it's with a Z. I'm like, of course it's with a Z. Well, that's not even a question. <laughs> exactly. <laughs> 
Cool. Yeah. So it was great talking with you and, um, we definitely need to work out together and share that all over social media so people can enjoy it as well. Um, probably will happen on November 10th. If that date is in fact the date that I am in the town, cause I know Monica wants to come check out your gym as well and I'm staying with her. So, Perfect. um, yeah. cool. So just in case you need to find Jen and didn't write it down at the beginning of the podcast, you can get jensinkler.com, S-I-N-K-L-E-R, and we'll have link in the show notes. You can find out more about her program, liftingweightsfaster.com, right? Liftweightsfaster.com? Yep, lift. Lift. Um, And... The If you're interested in starting a strongman program, the one that she's talking about, Six Weeks to Strongman, and then also we'll put a link in the show notes to the epic recap that she posted about chalk, because I promise you that you will not regret reading that. And what else am I forgetting? Nothing. This was a lot of fun. Thank you for asking me to be on. Awesome. Bye, everybody. Bye, everybody. (laughs) Thanks for joining. Stay strong, everybody. Boop, boop. (laughs) 